just keep her through cars and a wishing well. Prayed for a love to call his own, a love to break the spell. Welcome to the Red Pill Buddhas podcast for red pilled Buddhas everywhere. Revolutionary, free thinking spiritual people who've woken up from the mainstream narrative on various levels. And I interview some of the most fascinating ones here. Please also visit thehumanunleashed.com for hundreds of hours of our video content on all areas of health, lifestyle, and much more. And theredpillrevolution.com for our five star reviewed book and subsequent publications in the Red Pill series as they come out. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Red Pill Buddhist podcast. And I've got my mate, Mark Atwood, on. I've been thinking about getting him on for ages, and I should have done sooner, probably. But we, we met Mark through, um, a, well, I met Mark through a mutual friend, Ben Hunt. And um, he's been so supportive of, of our Red Pill and Human Unleashed endeavors. He's been great. And um, I've, I've met him in person a few times and, and we've had some great days. We've had some good mashed evenings together and they've been fun. And um, I, I just, uh, you know, Mark's such an interesting character. I mean, he's internet marketer, poet, podcaster, visionary, psychic and tinfoil hatter and everything. But I think, you know, I mean, the main thing, Mark, I think people are going to want to get in, particularly my viewers, is, is turkey plucking. I understand you got into that very young. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, I was saying this to my daughter. The oh, no, 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 this is interesting because I said to my daughter this morning about, because um, I just bought tickets to see John Lydon, right? Because I can't believe he's still touring. And I love that man. And um, and I was like, she said, who's John Lydon? I said, well, he, he was the lead singer in the Sex Pistols. She goes, oh yeah, I remember you used to play those when I was a kid. I said, yeah. And I, and I was describing the excitement of being on my tomahawk driving up the street and seeing this guy across the road with a banner outside his window say that was said never mind the bollocks here's the sex pistols and i remember and i was trying to explain to her how exciting that was to see the word bollocks on a, on a thing <laughs> and then listening to the the great rock and roll, roll swindle and and i explained how i um I went and bought God Save the Queen from a record shop in Northampton, but I had to cycle seven miles to get there when I was about nine, eight or nine years old. And she couldn't believe that I'd cycled that far. And it was on an A road, the A45, which was not safe. <laughs> you would, kids wouldn't be allowed to do this now um, in order to go and buy this record. And, I, and she said, how much were they? I said, I can't, I think they were about 150 or 80p. I can't remember exactly. And she went, was money worth more then? I went, yes, it was. And she said, why didn't you get the bus? I said, because that would have been another 10p that I, meant I wouldn't have been able to buy the records. She said, where did you get the money from? I said, well, I used to go knocking at people's doors, washing cars, turkey plucking, you know, whatever I could get. You know, the turkey plucking was, I'll never forget that turkey plucking. It was a horrible job, but I actually look back on it with fondness because it was walking in the snow five miles the other way. Um, and it took like two hours to get there. And then you sit in this freezing cold shed for like 12 hours or it seemed like 12 hours it was probably only a few and then get like 20p a turkey and you know so i had to see the that's just the way it was you know? cool so what 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 kind of woke you up? i was thinking about my childhood this morning and how um i i never really looked into it but i never i never trusted anything to do with authority and the mainstream uh narrative but I just kind of ignored it and went fishing and lived in wagons and teepees and stuff and 
But what the young Mark, what happened? What was the first time when you started really looking into it? Because I think you've been looking into it for a whole load longer than I have, the details of it. Well, my life started, um, my earliest memories being recruited by demons in 1973. I, I was a very spiritual psychic kid. Um, but then what happened was I became very brainwashed. And the reason I became brainwashed is because I was in a, I was in a maths class and we had mobiles because the school wasn't finished, you know, mobile classrooms. And I remember sitting in this maths classroom and the Harriers, the REF used to fly over our village really low, like 500 feet or something. And the Harriers would go past and I'd be looking out the window going, that's, that's how I'm going to get out of this village. That's how I'm going to do it. I literally, you know, as a kid, and that was it. I was committed to becoming a pilot. So I spent the next God knows how many years doing everything I could to tick all the boxes required to become a pilot. And everybody laughed at me when I told them I was going to be a pilot. They're like, you're too short. You've got a pot belly you're from a council house. Uh, you know, it was like, you can't become an RAF pilot. And um, anyway, I did. I became an RAF pilot and I did it. And this is looking back on it. This is the law of attraction and manifesting that I did back then I also happened to be more talented than I thought I was because everybody was telling me that I was too short I was you know it was just a long list of reasons why I was I was never going to do anything even my careers teacher laughed at me literally laughed out loud when I said I was going to be a pilot and then proceeded to tell me to get a job in the local factory um, and I was just like I just ignored all of that and did it but during that process, I did become brainwashed. I did become, I remember, I think it was 1978, 79, um, asking my teacher who's going to vote for and being, you know, making sure it had to be Labour and not Thatcher. But a few years later, I was a Thatcherite. And that transformation happened because I was being brainwashed by the air cadets and, you know, the RAF and everything. And that brainwashing carried on until my, I mean, I was so brainwashed. I used to rush home from a parade, Air Cadets Parade, uh, on a Thursday night to watch Question Time because I wanted to keep up to date with current events. Little did I know I was watching a load of satanic paedophiles talking shit. But back then, um, I was that brainwashed that when the show ended, remember Robin Day, thanks for watching Question Time, and then the BBC would close down and they'd play the national anthem, God Save the Queen. You know, not the version that I got from the Sex Pistols 10 years earlier, uh, which my dad, when I put it on the record player, my dad ran down the garden from there and ripped it off. He was so disgusted with that song. But I'd, I'd listen to God Save the Queen on my own in the living room and I would stand to attention to the TV on my own. Nobody else was there. <laughs> so I, was, I was, yeah, I was pretty, I mean, my whole family were, I mean, my daughter again was asking me this morning about the Silver Jubilee and I said, everybody loved the Queen. Everybody loved the Queen. And then I was singing Sex Pistols line. Uh, she's not human, you know. Uh, I mean, he knew way back, right? But of course, we just thought it was an analogy back then. Um, that the, the the lyric in the Daz Band one, in the Shove the New World Order Up Your Ass, one of them is the Queen's going to be arrested in her dressing gown. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> it's great. I think that's maybe one of the reasons why we got so shadow banned. <laughs> well, I think she's already dead, but... Um... Yeah, maybe she did get arrested in a dressing gown. How, how, do, you, how do you arrest a giant lizard? Well, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, um, so, I was, so I was brainwashed, but then my dad died when I was 17 and everything sort of went 
and I was in the RAF and then I was like, hang on, who am I working for? And there were a couple of trigger points. The triggers, um, a, couple of my, a couple of my friends committed suicide who were like 19, 20, 21 years old. Um, I think they were both 21 actually. I, I was 19 or 20 when it happened. And one of those was covered up. And I, and I thought that was very strange because I know the reason why he killed himself and they, they put it out as an accident. And I thought, this is strange. And then I was, I was on a camp in um, Germany and we were flying over things that the papers were saying didn't exist. And I was like, hang on, the government's lying. Because literally it was a shock to me at that point. Um, and then I got, uh, I, got, I got an award at St. James's Palace, the Gold Duke of Edinburgh's award. And I met Prince Philip. And I remember holding his hand while he was shaking my hand. And I had my full RAF uniform on because I delayed picking up this award. I should have got it a couple of years earlier. And he, he, he looked at me and he said, I see you've joined the, uh, the uh... and then this guy had to whisper in his ear, oh, never, sir. and I was mortified because I was like, you're the commander in chief and you don't even recognize this uniform. He was probably full of adrenochrome. He probably just come from the dungeon. I don't know. But I remember I can still feel his handshake it was horrible and his skin was leathery and his eyes were, he just wasn't human. Um, and I was like, fuck this, I'm leaving. This is after 10 years of like doing nothing, but I'd go out running every morning with bricks in my backpack. I was did thousands of press ups, sit up. I was the fittest kid. <laughs> I got voted the best body in school when I was like 17, um, by a few girls at least. Um, well, that was the beginning really of the waking up. And I was writing tons of poetry and I was railing against the system. And I went to um, Manchester, did economics, and studied that for three years after doing two years of A-levels, so five years of economics, during which time nobody mentioned the fractional reserve banking system once. Uh, and when I found out about that, by the way, if you're watching this and you've never heard of the fractional reserve banking system, go and read uh, Edward G. Edward Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island, that will explain everything, because that is the major tool of our enslavement, is the financial system. It's been a huge, huge wake-up call for me, because, I mean, I looked into all the health stuff and the diet stuff and all that sort of thing, spiritual stuff, seen through all the bollocks in that, but you know, this last year and, and working with the guys and doing the Red Pill Revolution book and some of the stuff I've learned from Jeremy and Graham and from you as well. Uh, it's like really opened my eyes. I came to that side of it really late. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of like in my 20s, I, I was I was I thought I was awake. Uh, you know, I was waking up considerably, but it was I knew things were wrong, but I didn't know why. And um, it was really it really got accelerated in 99 and then 2001. In 99, I, I, I did a gig in, um, in Fallowfield in Manchester, and I was supporting a Canadian comedian called Alan Parks, who was brilliant. And we went for a curry in Rushham. And, and during that curry, he was talking to me about the protocols of the elders of Zion. And I went and read that and proceeded to crap my pants because it's, if you search for it on Google, you'll get loads of, this is anti-Semitism stuff, which is bollocks. If you read it, you'll go, you'll freak out because it's kind of like a blueprint for the last 200 years, including World War One, World War Two, World War Three, how they were going to poison us and everything else, which is exactly what they've done. Um, but if you really want to look into it, go and look at Janet Osbard's documentary series, The Fall of the Cabal. You'll find an episode. She's done about 30 odd so far. One of them's about the protocols of the others of Zion. And she talks about it going back 700 years and it's really fascinating history. But anyway, when I read it, this is when things started really 
clicking in. Then I started looking at David Icke's stuff, um, who was obviously a big joke before, after the Wogan thing. Um, but I started looking into his stuff and reading his books. The Biggest Secret, I've got, I've got a big box of them here. Everybody should read David Icke's books before you slag him off. Um, and it, so he, he was very instrumental at um, helping me piece the things together. But then in 2001, my um, school friend was in 9-11 and his brother and I were best friends at school. And for the next sort of 10, 15 years, I kind of sat over his shoulder as he tried to get answers about what really happened to Jeff. And, um, you know, that was an amazing journey that involved, that accumulated really in me getting invited to Guantanamo Bay and getting flown over to Guantanamo Bay for this kangaroo court. Now, I didn't actually, my wife wouldn't let me go to that, but Matt went and yeah. And so throughout all this period, um, after the 9-11 stuff, I started, life is so strange, isn't it? I mean, what, I got pulled into all sorts of things that through the internet marketing, weirdly, that um, started opening my eyes more and more and more. And I got, I got involved in a case, uh, a big paedophile case, um, 200 million pound lawsuit against a diocese in England. Um, and I watched that case get taken on. And then I watched it get dismantled and I watched the controlled demolition. And then I realized there are all these Illuminati um, organizations out there that um, are, you know, controlling all this stuff on, on the ground, you know, feet on the ground that you don't even realize. And then, you know, just tons of stuff. I mean, I have to write it all down in a book one day because it's just nuts. And then when COVID hit, it was like, a, I knew it was coming. I knew they were going to do something, you know, I knew Agenda 21, Agenda 30 was all about, sorry, phone call, was all about um, wiping out 6 billion people. You know, if, you, if anybody doesn't believe that, go and look at the Georgia Guidestones on which it says, and the Georgia Guidestones, have you heard of them? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They were built in 1980, $30 million in Georgia. And on it, um, I said, I was telling somebody about the Georgia Guidestones the other day, and they said, where, where are they? I went, Georgia. <laughs> but they were on there it says uh one of the it's like the new 10 commandments of the new world order it says to keep humanity in perpetuity with nature under 500 million and once you see that in stone you realize that it's true that if there's seven billion people on the planet then they want to kill six and a half billion people and agenda 21 and agenda 30 all lays that out it's all laid out it's all in the veganism it's all in the chemtrails it's all in the the, the the great reset klaus schwab it's all it's all there they don't hide it it's uh lockstep bill gates all these motherfuckers don't you don't you find that you know when people say oh no it's nonsense and you you can't you, you they couldn't all get together and organize this they couldn't do it <laughs> how do you know and all this obsession with science now doesn't just your intuition even even the tone of their voice even gates and i was just thinking that this morning i was listening to something on UK column, I had the headphones in while I was cooking the kids breakfast and, 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 and Klaus Schwab came on a little clip of him. And it just, it just, yeah. the nervous system just goes, ooh, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I remember posting on Facebook something about eight years ago about um, the rich list, because uh, the rich list is a load of bollocks. You know, these guys are worth trillions, you know, and it's the, it's the people that, that are not on the list that is more interesting. You know, why is the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers never on the rich list? because they just hide it and then you get the queen in there at like number 50 with like she's worth 200 million i'm like she's not worth 200 million she's worth trillions 
right? She oh, owns- she's got paintings in storage worth more than that. Exactly. And and then the, I remember this guy coming in. How do you know this? And I went intuition is it, and common sense. That's all you need. And that's the wonderful thing about COVID is it, it's been a I call it a spiritual quarantine because I think that's what it's been, and it's really shown up everybody for who they really are. And it's taken some, it's taken balls to stand up against, especially the people that work in the health care, health care industry to, and I put that on my Telegram channel the other day, I just want to shout out to, because I've seen so many comments from people saying they couldn't stand it, they had to leave. And I'm like, they're, they're, they're the heroes we should be clapping, not the fucking stupid NHS shit and, oh, yeah, listen, if, if anybody's watching this and hasn't gone to have a look at the redpillrevolution.com and seen Graham Atkinson's stuff, our red pill pharmacist, he's doing an amazing job speaking out. Well, this is the thing. This is what we need. You know, people like Matt Letizia, a fo- professional footballer speaking out. People like, um, uh, what's his name? Stone Roses. Can't really think of his name now. He's one of my heroes. Like Ian Brown, you know, on Brown. Twitter. Yeah. He's been speaking out. And, it, and when we need more, I and mean, it's great to see Famous. It's really important that some famous people do this because, firstly, it it the first thing that it does for me is it makes me realise, okay, they didn't infiltrate everything, or maybe they did, and they're all controlled misinformation. I don't know, but the thing is, I'm I've always believed in the human race and the human spirit, and you can rise through, with perseverance through enormous adversity, and that's really what this is all about. This spirit. This is a spiritual war. It's been going on for a very very long time, and. We're, we're all the vision I got, Phil, were about three because I get visions, right? I don't go around proclaiming to be a psychic or anything, but I am psychic and I do get visions that are often more real than this reality. And one that I got was um, of this massive, multi dimensional, multi layered, billions of pieces chessboard. And every single one of us on this planet is being moved in exactly the way and always has been our entire lives in exactly as is required to achieve the outcome that is required, which is that God wins or that consciousness is raised to the right level to to then go into this ascension process. Now, you know, I first heard about 5D 10 years ago and racked my brain. I was like, what does this mean? What does 5D mean? I have no idea. Does it mean we're going to die? Does it mean we're going to turn into something else I did you know and that's been fascinating that's been the most fascinating part of this whole thing and really breaking through fear you know standing up and doing what you guys have done at Red Pill doing what so many people have done across the planet the ones who quit their jobs because they didn't want to get the jib jab the ones that gone on YouTube or wherever and, and just spoken out and having to deal with the shills and the hatred and the the misinformation and everything else. And, and it's just ordinary people, uh, ordinary people standing up and saying, no, you know, people who are, you know, I met an amazing woman last week in Cornwall accidentally. And this is how beautiful the world is, right? I went to visit somebody I'd never met, I'd met online. I'd never met before. I needed to visit her. I wanted to find out more about her work. We went out for lunch. We started walking up the hill in Newquay. And these two girls, two women started walking, were walking towards us. And I noticed that one of them had a t-shirt that said cunt on it. And I was like, this is an interesting woman. So I went up to her and I said, right, that's very interesting, that T-shirt. I wrote a poem about that with the word concept. <laughs> and she, I got it out to play her. And, 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 uh, and the first lines of that uh, poem are, well, it's not really a poem, but it's like, it, in the days of the great pandemic. And she went, pandemic? I went, yeah. 
She went, oh, you're one of us. I went, yeah, you must be too, because you've got a T-shirt that says cunt. Anyway, she, this turns out to be Stacy from Stacy Stacy's World Rocks, who was touring around the UK, teaching people about common law and teaching about people about having no fear and that the system's all lies. You don't need to. And she's very hard. I'm going to get her on my show next week. Um, but what a warrior, you know. But the chances, what the chances of meeting her in the middle, you know, this is how it's going. And we're, we're in the age of Aquarius or we're on the way into it. And instant manifestation, synchronicities uh, and people are people. This is what Ascension means. You know, we're getting more and more spiritually. A lot of us are not some some are still wearing masks and cars on their own, as I saw this morning. What? But, um, you know, it's, it's quite an amazing. It's an amazing time to be alive. Put it that way. It is an amazing time. And, and, and have you found that um, over the last little while, there are some people starting to say, hey, listen, you were right. You know, I mean, it, it, as, as, as I said at the beginning, we we met through um, our, our mutual friend, Ben Hunt. And oh, yeah. Ben told me, you know, that uh, there was a time a while ago where it was too much for him and he couldn't take it. And he just he just couldn't handle the stuff you're talking about. And what I love about Ben is and because I, I know I've had to do it myself with all the veganism thing when used to write all this plant-based diet bullshit you know and i had to admit i was completely wrong and that's i love that about ben that he said hey listen man you 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 were cool and it's so lovely to see you two kind of get into an understanding again and, and whatever and and have you found that because i've had a few people now there's a couple of people i got my eye on who i really want to do it i can't believe still believe it all but it would be they're they're kind of my 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 sort of litmus test you know this this uh a couple of people i won't mention them here but um, you know, have you had people finally say, you know what, Mark, a lot of this is coming true? Because people said it to me about David Icke as well. Oh, I can't take the lizard thing, but everything else he says, you know, here they He was right about the lizard thing. This is the I thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went, I saw, I met a girlfriend of mine who I was with for about six years at a David Icke talk, actually, back in about 97, 98. And yeah, well, uh, he was right. Cool. But what do you reckon? It's starting to get a little bit of uh, nice well, treatment from people. Well, let's talk about the Ben story quickly, because um, I love Ben and I've met I met Ben. At a, we both in Internet marketing stuff and we met at a seminar, I think, 2009. And, um, you know, we stayed friends. We got a great uh, we've got a great common common ground with comedy and films We quote film quotes. So, you know, we come to my house, I go to his house. We, we, we were good mates. And then we had a business sort of get together uh, with four or five other guys in, in Bath one weekend. And at the time, I was just raging with all this information. And I kept these guys up till like four in the morning going on about satanic ritual abuse and going on about pedophilia and going about the New World Order. And they they were all taking the piss out of me. And they just, you know, were just humoring. One of them got angry with me, which always happens. And I had to calm that down. But I think Ben was just like, what the fuck is Mark on? You know, <laughs> and then it, uh, not long after we on Facebook, he said, I'm just going to have to. I'm just going to have to defriend you for a bit because I can't deal with this. And I was so I was very surprised when I heard from him saying I'm working with these red pill revolution guys. And I was very pleased to reconnect with him and uh, then meet you guys, get you on the show and then meet you. Um, yeah, so ben, Ben's a great uh, example of somebody that has and I do admire him for that. Um, it does take a lot of balls to admit that you were wrong. Um, but it's, this isn't about. This is all part of the ego breakdown as well. You know, why, why people hang on to their ideas is all ego based. I mean, I'm the first to admit if I'm wrong, if I if I realize I'm wrong, hopefully, you know, that'll try, I try hard to do that and keep an open mind about everything. I think you have to have an open mind in the first place to even look at this stuff. 
Um, I mean, going back to 9-11, I had a neighbor, I think it was about 2005, and I said to him, come on, this is obviously not what they tell us it is. And then he, he, he literally put his fingers in his ears and started to go, la, 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 la. And I went, what the fuck are you doing? He said, well, if you tell me that, my whole worldview disappears. I said, well, that's a good thing, isn't it? You know, so that, that's been... But yes, the answer is yes, I've noticed a lot. I mean, I go to a cafe here in town um, as my little oasis during all the all the mask wearing bollocks and um, people have approached me and, and they, they walk towards me and I'm like, oh shit, because I'm like, because there are people here that know what I've been doing and I'm sure they, they hate me. Uh, so I spent two years thinking I'm hated around here, but actually it's the opposite. There's been lots and lots of people coming up to me saying, Mark, thanks for doing what you're doing. And then they fuck off like that. It's amazing. And the kids, especially uh, around here, all know that I have a podcast and they listen to the poems and they're like, Jesus, that poetry is not too bad. <laughs> and, and, you know, the poems are really, they've been just amazing. You know, they, they, they've been delivered to me and I've had the privilege of putting them out. I think I've made something like 27 poetry videos over the last 18 months. Um, and they all chronicle the whole time. In fact, I just did a gig in Birmingham last week, 650 people. And, then, and I put the, I was the host for seven hours of this event with 10, 12 speakers. And I, and I put the poems between each speaker because it tells the story of the whole of the last two years. You know, so I don't know if I've answered your question, but yeah, well, you know, the, the, the 650 people that came to this event were all light workers and the, the energy in the room was off the charts. You know, we were we were carried by this love energy in the room. It was just extraordinary. And then I was just speaking to Charlie Ward earlier, who um, put the show on or got us all to put the show on. And um, he was just telling me that he got the, the venue got emails the night before saying, don't let these people perform uh, tomorrow. They're all racists. And it's like, oh, God, you know, we had. Tiana Khalid, we had Al Pasoni, we had uh, a guy called Mills on, we had a black guy, a Bangladeshi and an Indian actually on in the show and they're calling us racist. It's just nuts. But it's, oh, about it's a load of this going on. We had, we had one particular guy who was trying to um, sort of blow up all the gigs when we did this Daz Band tour. And all the venues were getting a call from this guy saying that, you know, this is, it's all going to be violent and, and uh, preaching Nazi propaganda and, and all this sort of thing. It was amazing, and he actually fooled uh, uh, one of the venues, and they 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 shut it down. Um, but the other ones just kind of told us and ignored it because they were they they were aware of it anyway. But this guy was starting to send us um, <clears throat> individually messages about Daz and saying how evil he is, and he's doing this, and he's do you know how much money he's making out of the light paper? What are you seeing of that? It's none of my business. This is a band, you know? And it just went on and on. It was very weird, this bloke. But who are these people? This is the thing. Who are they? I mean, I mean, I mean are they demonically possessed? Are they reptilian? Are they Satanists? I think a lot of them are Satanists, actually, which could be all three, to be honest, because there's just no, there's no, ration, there's no rationale in anything that they're saying. And, you know, if you listen to most of the awake people, they're all coming from a heart, heart centered place, a love of humanity, a love of freedom, uh, you know, a love of equality. But they, they're using all these things against us. I mean, when people used to slag me off for saying nice things about David Icke, they'd say, oh, he's just doing it for the money. And I'd be, and I'd be like, why? Why would you go out there and say the queen is a reptile and that uh, Philip is a paedophile 
why would you do that for money? You know, when you could get murdered for saying things like that. People have been murdered for saying things like that. You know, what, 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 all the money in the world wouldn't make up for losing your life. And these things cost money to do. You know, some of the YouTube channels or channels and truthers and stuff over the years have made money out of doing what they do. Good, because it means they can continue to do it. Exactly. You know, I mean, this we're in a financial system. You have to have money to be. And these people have put their lives on the line to get up and talk about this stuff. Yeah. They deserve to have money because if you haven't got money in this system, you can't carry on. It's weird, isn't it? I mean, I even get it on the on the with, from the vegans. Oh, you're just doing it for the money. So you think I'm going to start a carnivore channel for the money? I get death threats. I get in arguments the whole time. I'd do better with a vegan channel. I'd do better putting kittens in the washing machine or something, you know? These are the channels that make money, not a carnivore channel. It's and You're a shill for the meat industry. And I'm going, well, just come round. Look for the Ferrari. You know, what's going on? It's very bizarre. Very bizarre, the aggression of it. They're trying to hold on to it. And one thing I think is weird at the moment, which is what I'm trying to get through to people, is... Um, that, that a lot of the people, even some of the sort of truthers I've met, at, uh, or a large percentage of them, actually, at the Daz gigs and whatever, they're still clutching onto the veganism thing. I mean, even Vernon Coleman, who's coming out with some great stuff. I made a video saying, you know, in the style of Vernon Coleman, but being a middle-aged man in a chair and all that, you know, because I think he's great. He's putting out some great stuff. But yeah. Yeah. there's this, you docked, you know, farmers should all be sort of subjected to what their animals are subjected to, and we need to be plant-based and all that. Well, it's a bit of an evil agenda, I think, all of that thing. And we can see it now with the farmers obviously being paid off to not farm anymore, etc. Oh, islands full of farmers that get paid more not to farm than not than to farm. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, you know, I've talked about satanic paedophilia, ritual abuse. I've talked about New World Order and all that. But the, the worst abuse I've had is from vegans. <laughs> and, and, they're, and they're so aggressive. But once you understand oxalates, you understand why they're so aggressive. Um, but it's my it's mind blowing. I mean, when when I first met you and you said I just I've just been eating meat for the last eight years, I was like, what? Because you know, during lockdown, I've got, I'm looking at my vegetable patch now from my window. <laughs> I built a beautiful vegetable patch, started growing all my own food, and was was basically eating a vegan diet. Um, and not and not being. By the way, I mean, do you remember when we met? I had carpal tunnel syndrome in my thumbs. Look at them, they're perfect now. I went to a kickboxing class last night. I was with Jeremy at the weekend and I was running down the mountain. I'm so full of energy. It's incredible. And I've lost 15 kilograms. I've never felt stronger. It's and how long, how long has it been for you now, Mark? Well, I, I'm coming up to six months, 100% carnival. Amazing, brilliant. And I, and I, and I want to thank you for, for showing, you know, showing me the light. Um, but, but they do make a good point about the farming situation. They're, they're, absolutely. I don't want cruelty to animals. I love animals, right? I absolutely love animals. And, you know, we've got to rejig the way that we think about how do we um, look after animals and slaughter them for food. And I learned this. I learned this from a Mexican chief when I did a peyote ceremony in a wigwam on, the, on a ley line in Glastonbury about seven years ago. And at the, in the morning, after the ceremony in the morning, I was I was surprised because I thought I was surrounded by vegans and you know and I, I knew some of them and one of them ran one of them ran a um a fasting retreat in Devon that I'd been on a couple of times and I'd learned all about raw vegetable food from him 
which is why I became a vegan because I was, you know, I was really fat and sick and ill and I was looking for answers years ago and I did the fasting stuff and I became a raw vegan and didn't get on with it for too long and nearly got divorced back then because I was like, that's poison, that's poison. Because this guy had spent three hours a day for a week telling me why, why it was wrong to eat meat and why it was wrong to even cook vegetables. Um, but then he was at this peyote thing and I was deeply shocked to see him and eating buffalo in the morning, right? And I was like, well, what's going on? Well, well we've learned from the, the Mexican chief that the indigenous um, tribes um, do actually, did actually eat meat. Uh, but they did it in a way where they honored the animal. And, and I was like, well, yes, we need to move to that. But in the, in the meantime, where, where we're at is that our entire food chain has been poisoned by the governments, by the, these satanic bastards that run the world. Everything in the supermarket is poison. Everything, right? You know, if you buy anything in a packet, you're, 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 you're heading towards an early grave immediately. Oh, you know? Mark, did, did you know? I mean, I, I've been talking quite a lot to Anthony Chafee recently. You know, I've done a couple of podcasts with him. He's a, a neurosurgeon, incredibly muscly, just looks the part. He's just the perfect carnivore doc to be talking about this stuff. But his knowledge is amazing. But he's done one, uh, one episode on plant toxins. And I thought I knew about them. I almost didn't watch it, but it blew me away. And I mean, did you know there's 136 naturally occurring toxins in um, Brussels sprouts? This is not pesticides. There's nat naturally occurring human carcinogens and the well, least. That explains why I always hated Christmas dinner. Yeah, well, there you go. And the least toxic veg has 60. And I mean, the thing is, people are saying, <clears throat> oh, they're spraying them and they're killing us. They even did it by creating these vegetables that don't exist in the wild. Well, that's, this is the thing, you know, I think this is what one of the last things for people to let go of, because it's been there for 100 years at least. You know, um, I think it was you guys that said, you know, five a day, right? When did the government start coming out with five a day? 30 years ago? You know, if the government's telling you to eat vegetables five a day, run the other way. Everything they tell you to do, do the complete opposite. Because they know what they're doing. They, they, they want us sick and addicted to pharmaceuticals die early you know they, they they we're just we're just cattle we're less than cattle to them we mean nothing they call us useless eaters that's what they call us yeah. goyim that's what we are nothing we're, we're less than ants under their feet and once human race and they want this week right so this carnivore diet is not perfect because it's hard to find meat that has been looked after properly but it's about it's more about what you're not eating you know the bread, the pasta, the vegetables, the, the, the fruit, the apples that have been frozen for two years in Spain before they end up in Tesco's. I mean, it's all an injected with God knows what. It's all of the stuff that you're not eating. So it's like, for me, this carnivore thing is like a survival thing right now. And yes, there are things that we need to improve later about the welfare, the welfare of the animals and how they're, how they're slaughtered and everything else. I, I totally agree with that point. But people get... People get confused. They, you know, that we, I mean, Disney's part of this. I think you brought this up. They, they humanize animals, you know, but as Jeremy says, some, he might've got this from you. Uh, every moment on this planet, something you're either being eaten or you're eating. Yeah, exactly. And as I always point out to the vegans that grass fed beef and lamb is the most vegan thing on the menu. I'm way more vegan than a vegan, but they yeah. won't have that. You can, you can give them any amount of, um, 
evidence and they still get aggressive. I was amazed at the attack I came under on, on your channel when we chatted. It was crazy. You're cool and you just sort of let it go and I can't help responding. I'm terrible. Jeremy keeps telling me, will you stop talking to these people? But I just sort of look at it and I think, I'm just going to have to write a couple of lines and then it carries on. You know, I'm too much of a writer. and <laughs> It's nuts, isn't it? Well, because I've been studying this stuff for 30 odd years, um, it it kind of dawned on me uh, a while ago that pretty much everything is a satanic agenda, right? Things like veganism, LGBTQ. I've got oh. nothing against. I've got nothing against gay people whatsoever. Uh, BLM, Antifa. It's all satanic because it's all about divide and conquer, and and then they use you know, virtual signaling and everything else, and they use it. They use it against us. They use it to make us fight. And um, but once I realised it was a satanic agenda, I just put up a post saying, I think veganism is a satanic agenda, not vegans. I'm not saying vegans are Satanists, but veganism. Absolutely. Is a satanic agenda, and then I got the attacks I got from that were mind blowing, mind blowing. A guy from a guy that I was quite friendly with wrote wrote to me and said that I was possessed by the devil. <laughs> I was like, I've had that a lot recently as well. That I'm possessed. I was like, I've never been happier. I've never I've never felt less possessed because I've got l- less of this crap coming into my body because. You know, every cell in our body is a is a battery, right? And we need more light. The more light that goes into that battery, the more connected we are to source. And, you know, this diet means that you are reducing the debris of toxins that are in your lights, you know, your, your batteries. And then we become stronger. But you don't just become physically stronger. You become emotionally stronger, spiritually stronger. You know, and the, this is the thing. And this is why everybody needs to look, at least look into it. Have an open mind. You know, I don't. I don't fight with anybody about anything. I don't. I don't feel so married to any idea. If people start raging at me, I just go, "Okay, well, that's your, that's your right to think that." Well done. Well, it's, you know, it's funny when you see the conversations between sort of um, vegans and um, qualified dietitians because they get a bit stroppy as well, and um, you see the conversations between them and a carnivore, and and the carnivore's always chilled. You know, say on Facebook, YouTube, everything. You know, I've had one recently, and and just the attacks and eventually it just ends up as name calling and this and that and they still think that they're right and you're just going well you know i'm chilled here and you've 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 lapsed into that clearly the conversation's at an end and and i think and then people come up and and they can see in the comments why are these carnivores so chilled all the time you know i mean saladino paul saladino got on the doctor's show and they went nuts at him absolutely crazy it's on youtube put paul saladino doctors it's only about four minutes long, but these people get enraged. There's doctors and this and that. And, and, and there was a dietitian sitting next to him, really getting aggressive. And, and he was just getting, he was chilled. And he told me later that um, this dietitian actually had to be dragged off by security uh, in the corridor. And all he'd done was say, um, would you like to come on my show? And, uh, and, and we'll discuss it further. And, and she got so angry, she had to be sort of manipulated by the security and again in the car park. And you're like, this, the, 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 the depth of the brainwashing that gets people this angry just about what you eat? Insane. Uh, it's the most emotive subject I think there is. I mean, you know, what you just said about the dietitians is, is, is really interesting because, you know, if anybody wants any proof um, that this is this period of time that we've been in is wonderful for showing up people for who they are just go and look at the amount of holistic doctors 
online who had the jab. I mean, it's a big number. I was speaking, Christine Northrup um, said this to me in a chat about six months ago. Most of her colleagues, holistic doctors, she said 80, 90% of them, and she knows pretty much all of the famous ones around the world, had the jab. Which, what does that tell you? Well, the majority of people on this planet are fake. And the dietitians included, you know, because they've done it as a career option, not and they've done it to make money. They've not done it because they believe in it. And so, and you know, the same thing gets thrown at the truth movement. And some some people within the truth movement have done it to get famous, um, of course, because that's human nature. It's going to happen. But what I love about this period is that we have seen people for their true colours. We've seen the people that have the balls and the, and the courage to stand up. We've seen the people that are completely fucking stupid and brainwashed. Uh, the sheep, you know, I don't, I get told off for not having enough compassion for them, but it's very hard and it breaks my heart as well. You know, I got, I got told this morning by my daughter again, because we had a good chat this morning, that three of her friends are still wearing masks in class. These are kids. She said she's not seen them without a mask in two years. And it's like, we're talking about 13, 14 year olds. What? That's child abuse. But the kids now, they're choosing to wear them. It's just, it's just beggar's belief that anybody thinks that a fucking nappy on your face can stop anything. And the, the fact that you can't catch a virus and COVID's never been isolated. How, the, how can people not see this? It, it, it's extraordinary. But this is where we are. We're in the time of truth. I, know. I felt kind of guilty the other day because I was chatting to this, this one of the young mums at school, um, you know, when we were dropping off the kids. And there's this one guy who's, well, I say obviously a granddad because I'm, I'm like 60 in a couple of days and I'm taking a six-year-old into school. So, you know, maybe he's not, maybe he is a dad, but no, I think he is a granddad. Um, but he always wears this muzzle and he's sort of walking on his own in a, on a summer's day with the muzzle on and, and, and the kid, you know. And and I walked past him and, and I, I found, I think he smiled at me, but it's difficult to tell, isn't it, when they've got the muzzle on. And... Um, and so I smiled back, but I felt I had to kind of force it. And I started this, this mum who I knew was, was sort of awake to all this stuff. And uh, I said to her, I had to force that, you know, I had to, she said, Oh, is there somebody with a muzzle on? I said, yeah, look, you know, and she was going, Oh God, she, you know, she runs some hairdresser or something and she can't, you know, she, she just has terrible trouble with clients and whatever. But, and, and I said, I felt guilty because at the beginning it was just funny. The kids used to say, let's go out to Asda and laugh at the muzzles, dad. You know, we didn't need to buy anything. We just go out and laugh at them and the kids would have fun pointing at them and whatever. But, but now I guess the joke's over really, isn't it? I mean, it's just, and I, I feel sorry because it's, again, it's not like the, it's not attacking the vegans, it's attacking the veganism, you know, but with the muzzles, I just, I, I don't want to just, I kind of want to hug them and say, oh, fuck's sake, stop it. But like a real friendly smile in the street, it's almost like I feel I'm condoning it. And that I feel kind of guilty with that because I still love them. And it's like, oh, you know, but the joke's over, isn't it? Now <laughs> It's like it's enough. Well, it, it's really heartbreaking. Uh, I mean, I, I use humour to get, I've used humour to just to get through this and cheer people up as, as much as I can on my channel. Um and deep stuff, but you know, try to keep it, try to keep it lighthearted. But the truth is, it's actually heartbreaking. And I met a guy the other week who um, who'd come over to Ireland to be with his mum, who's got who's got cancer. And I said, "Well, how bad is it?" And he says, "It's not looking good." I said, "Well, I've got the cure for cancer in my kitchen." He's like, "What?" 
I said, yeah, yeah, there's loads you can do about cancer, loads that they're not telling you. And he's, and he's going, well, she's in a home now. And I was like, well, don't you want to save your mum's life? Wouldn't you look at something that could potentially save her life? And he just wouldn't listen because I'm not a guy in a white coat. It's, this is the mind blowing thing. And then I said to him, of course, you know, COVID's bollocks, don't you? And then, he, and then he just fucking ran away. He just couldn't, he was like, what? No, it isn't, ran away because they can't hear it. They just can't hear it. It's unbelievable. It's particularly deep with cancer. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, Jer Jeremy's told me this. He, he's, he, he's, he's woken me up a lot more to this. Just don't talk about it, you know? And, and yeah. Some, yeah. you know, it's particularly if you, say, if you see somebody with cancer in Facebook, oh, I've been diagnosed with this and that, and just leave it alone. Like I, a couple of times, yeah. people have tagged me in it saying, you must do this put up that video of your mum's cancer reversing and all of that, which I've got on, on YouTube, you know, the breast cancer reversing. Oh, do that. And, 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 and I've sort of gone, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll have a chat. And then every relative, every friend, how dare you listen to look at this quack. Even sometimes the people with the cancer have defended me saying, Oh God's sake, lay off him. This is really aggressive, but it's because it's their biggest cash cow, isn't it? You know, that's, that's where they want to sell their meds with the, with the, with the, pro, you know, the biggest profits on them. And then they get passed down to polar arthritis. You can cure arthritis. They don't mind. You cure someone with cancer, you end up face down in a swimming pool. It's not. Because yeah, they, they earn about 80 grand every patient, don't they? Something like that. It's a lot of money. Yeah. And it, but, but I just don't understand the relatives. It's like they, that you want to save their life. Wouldn't you look at anything? I mean, it's just common sense, you know, cancer rate, 100 years ago, 1%. Cancer rate now, 80%. You know, hello, McFly. It's like fucking... Have you had, but it's, it's, all like, down, it's all down to meat, isn't it? Cancer's all caused by meat because we've eaten that for millennia, but suddenly somehow it's causing it. <laughs> well, you know, my mum got diagnosed with it 10 years ago, and I remember going to the meeting with the doctor, and I was saying to her, look, don't fall for his bullshit. You don't need chemotherapy. And he was like a double glazing salesman, right? He had a clipboard there and he was going through all these statistics, just whipping up the fear in my mum because she was scared of dying anyway. She'd just seen her twin sister die of the same thing. And, and I was listening to him intently and he, he quoted this statistic, then this statistic. And, then, and I was like, hang on a minute. And I said, hang on a minute. You've just said that chemotherapy has less than a 0.2 chance of working. And he went, what do you mean? I said, well, because you just said this percentage and that percentage and this percentage. If you add those up, it comes to like less than 0 0.2. And he was like, whoa, whoa. and then my mum just went, oh, don't worry about that. Where do I sign? Where do I sign? She just ran over and signed. And I was like, fuck me, you know, and getting her back to health uh, and reversing cancer was, was one of my missions. And, you know, I did that through CBD, also through juices. But what I've learned is that a lot of the, juicing stuff can be used as uh, as medicine um but really it was about what she stopped eating now she's fully carnivore and um you're clearing 70 years worth of toxins which is a bit freaky for people when they have to go when they go through this process but you know it's amazing no I met, her, she, remember hmm? I met her and chatted to her about it at uh, jeremy's and yeah she's great she's a proper character i enjoyed i enjoyed hanging out with your mum she was cool she's a character yeah but yeah, let's, uh, tell me more about about um, how this sort of psychic thing comes about because you're pretty uh, you're pretty modest about it and stuff. But how did this sort of 
how did this start and how did this develop and what kind of things are you coming through and what do you feel it adds to your life of being connected in that way oh man where do you start i mean i'm getting it now i, I get these waves of um spiritual energy and i get no i don't hear word but i kind of do but it's not like a voice it's just something that's got louder and louder and louder over the years. I mean, just, just, you know, most people are psychic, right? You know, I remember when my friend died, I knew I was in the kitchen. This was about 30 years ago or 25 years ago. And I, I just had this thing in my head going, oh my God, she's dead. And then literally two minutes later, the phone rings and it's her mum saying she died and she committed suicide actually. And, I, and, then, and then you remember these moments because they're the big moments where you go, oh, what, hang on, what was that? How did I know five minutes before the phone rang? How did I know? And then you go, most people have experienced synchronicities. You think of a friend, then they ring. Or you think of a song, then it comes on the radio. You know, and, and, and a lot of people over the last 10 years I've seen are noticing the numbers, you know, 1111, 144, you know, all, all these incredible numbers. And then you start, and because you see them so much, you start looking into it and you realize, and, and animals, you know, I remember when I was living in Morocco, this white dove sat outside my bedroom window for two weeks every day until I had to pay attention and then go and look up the spiritual significance of white doves. And, and, and it's just things like this that just add up and add up and add up. It's like a cumulative thing as we are being pulled out of 3D and going into 4D and 5D. <clears throat> but what really cemented it for me last year, well, and I've told this story on my channel before, so apologies if you're watching this and you've heard this story before, but... Um, I got this amazing email from somebody who said, look, I've been up on the ships um, for about 10 years now, and I know these guys. And I was like, okay. And I get a lot of emails like this. And it's, I said, okay. And then it said, they know that you look up every night. And then I went, hang on a minute, because that's what I've done for 53 years. I have looked up every single night, you know, every single night that I, I can. Um, and I've seen thousands and thousands and thousands of UFOs over the years. None, none as actual ships, mainly lights doing things that are impossible, right? Like white lights doing all sorts, like Foo Fighters and they were things flaring up and hiding behind clouds and all that kind of interesting stuff. I do, I do a lot of night fishing. I've seen some very weird things. People are just, they don't pay attention, do they? They don't, no, because they're sat in watching the fucking TV. That's why. That's what the TV's for. It's just keep you away from being outside. I love being, I would, I would live outside 100%. But anyway, I... Um, I read this email and it said, next time you uh, go out, look up, look for a star that resonates with you, then start trying to communicate with it telepathically. So, anyway, so I, I did this uh, the, that night and, um, and uh, I, was, I, I looked at this star and it was doing weird things. It wasn't a normal star as such. And I was like having a fag and looking around and hoping nobody was watching me. It was 11 o'clock at night. And I, and I was like mm, psychically trying to speak to this star. And then there was this flash in the sky. And I, what I heard was, did you see that? And I went, yeah. And then there was another flash. Did you see that? I went, yeah. And then it said, what, are you afraid? And I went, no. And then it said, watch this. And then this beautiful white light popped up, uh, not very high in the sky and started moving along really slowly like this. And I was just watching it like, wow. Because the, there's something about this light. It, it's white, but it's, 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 it's ethereal. It's something about it. And I've seen this color white before and it was coming along and then um then the sky literally lit up for a split second and i saw this huge triangle with round edges ship 
with that was kind of um kind of a bronze burnt orange color uh with hieroglyphics on it and it was there huge split second and then it star treks off like and i was just there going where's my where's my camera no witnesses oh shit <laughs> you know um and that really really gave me um faith um that we you know we've got a lot of help we've got a lot of help up there whether it's ets or not i'm not 100 sure i've spoken on my channel to andromedan uh experiences like alex collier i've spoken to kent dunn who's a pleiadian i've spoken to quite a lot of people about ufos and et contacts and there's some brilliant people online doing interesting stuff like eleanor denan and um megan rose and people like that um, and I'm fascinated by this stuff. But what that did for me is it just gave me complete trust that um, we're going to be fine and that this is all exactly as it is. I mean, I learned this years ago. Everything's exactly as it's meant to be. And that's a very powerful expression to actually deeply understand, even when you go, especially when you're going through the shit. Because you're like, why is this happening to me? Well, because it's meant to happen to you and you, you chose it. That's the other thing. You chose it. We, cho we all chose this. We chose to be here at this time. And I said to my son yesterday, I said, what, a, what an amazing time to choose to come onto this earth, you know, and be a teenager. Oh my God, what's the future going to be like for you? Because I really, I know the future is going to be incredible. Yeah, it's just getting them safely through this transition time, isn't it? I mean, on the, on, on the sort of UFO front and whatever, I'd like to see more sort of collaboration between ufo and paranormal researchers and things like that there's so many things that could be linked in here whether it's sort of portals and whatever and how they're coming through and where they actually are, are they in the earth what is the earth you know i mean so many beautiful questions these people who just get stuck in one view it's funny you know at the beginning of this um this whole pandemic nonsense i started having this dream come back to me that that is the most vivid dream that i've ever had and and it was it was actually under a Volkswagen camper bus. I was sleeping under it because these guys had picked me up hitchhiking. Well, it's it kind of in Bordeaux in France. And we were all going down to Morocco. I was going to say, this sounds like one of your Moroccan trips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was down there. And, but I had this, this, this dream underneath the, the bus. And I don't know whether I've told this before, but it was um, I, it, the, the, I was just standing there. It, it was somewhere that seemed like sort of Birmingham was all spaghetti junction and stuff. But the sky was going these crazy colors and stuff was kind of getting wiped out and destroyed. <clears throat> and it was it was at the time where I was I was sort of a bit programmed by the um, uh, TM movement, you know, and I was coming up to my sort of city. Transcendental trans meditation. Meditation. I was coming. I wanted to do my flying course, you know, where you sit in Lotus and bounce around on foam mattresses and all of that. And trying to hover. It's all bollocks, really. But um, I thought, God, coming up to that is great. And I, and I was having this 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 dream. and the world you know all these beautiful colors and everything but it was wiping stuff out and then um this sort of a craft hovered next to me and and some of me and my friends certain friends and i was surprised some were on there and so i was surprised others weren't and it's actually strangely the ones who've lived it, it, and, and i still know it's tallied with the ones who were awake during this covid thing with all these many years later <laughs> got on this craft and there was this sort of little um, you know, sort of humanoid type creature sitting in lotus and hovering of course just because i had that in my head from the flying course over these controls up we went the whole planet seemed to be getting wiped you know i was going whoa what's happening and and he said well it's it's it's, it's going to be over and i went when he goes just about now 
everything stopped and calmed down. And so down we went and got let out again. And it was just quite a boring sort of field with long grass and a table. And there was these people wandering around, but everything was sorted. It was sort of ready to be rebuilt, you know, but it was kind of sorted and everything, everything, all of these horrendous influences had gone. And I was walked up to someone and said, oh, well, what about my flying course? How am I going to do my flying course? And they just said, what the fuck do you want that for now? <laughs> but it was that that it was such a vivid dream, really, really vivid. And, and it's come back to me a lot at the beginning of this. And that gave me a lot of view. I think that was probably um, a, a sort of little vision of, of this time as a parable, if you like. And, and, and I do feel exactly the same as you. It's just it's just navigating the kids through the crazy time, you know, at the moment and not letting them get, as you said, sort of still stuck in a muzzle like these ones at, 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 uh, at that school you mentioned. And my daughter is the same. She's in a TM school, actually. And, and, and it's 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 horrific. It's, they, they, they're awful. They, they called the police on me the other day for even mentioning the jabs. But that's that, that, that's another story which I've told elsewhere. So I won't bore anyone with that. But. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, how, how do you see it happening? And what do you, who do you think is actually behind this? So is Cliff High right? So a mantid creature in the, in the, in the, in the Antarctic. Is that what's controlling this? Because I cannot believe that humans now would not just say, oh, for God's sake, look, look, it's all over. We're sorry. You know, so what's behind this? Are they human or not? What do you think? Uh, no, what, what's behind COVID and all of that? Yeah, all of this crap. And the new world, the new world order. Yeah. It, it, they're not human. No, hundred percent, hundred percent not human. Absolutely not. I mean, it's really fascinating. I think there's thousands of species of creature, and I think that um, Dolores Cannon was right that the majority of people on Earth are background characters or NPCs. Just go and watch Free Guy, right? The movie that was out last year. That that's telling us a lot of truths, dressed up as a fantasy film. Um, so, and so many films have been telling us, you know, Soylent Green, um, They Live, the, 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 the Matrix. There, there's so many. They, they have to tell us. And they're not. No, they're not human. Um, but, it, I, you know, do I know 100% exactly what they are? No. But when you look into certain things like the Vril, for example, right? Hitler was obsessed with the Vril and the Vril Society. Go look that up if you've never heard of them. V-R-I-L. Right. Underground reptilians with a proboscis that goes into your eye, takes over your consciousness. That goes a long way. Once you look into that, it goes a long way towards explaining why politicians are not human. Then they're, they're not human. That's why they have no empathy. And we've had fakes politicians in charge for years and years and years. You know, we're, I think we're on the that, that Putin that's there is not the original Putin. You know, that, that Joe Biden, that's not Joe Biden. I think the, I know I think the good guys are in control and. When I say good guys, I think there's, um, you know, I was an atheist for 20 odd years uh, after my dad died. I, I just was like, I couldn't believe that God could be so cruel because I had a very 3D version of events um, back then. Um, but this, this truly is a spiritual situation that we're in. And this is spiritual involvement. Sorry, my daughter's there. Just on a call. No, I'm gonna call. You don't want to be speaking or in it. So off you go. <laughs> I can't train her that you don't want to be on my shows or any shows that I'm doing. She thinks it's just a phone call. It's lucky Amelia's not here because she keeps it. All she wants to do is pop up on every every Zoom call I do now with the new boa constrictor that we've got. It has to be introduced <laughs> to everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, I mean, you know, go. 
go and look at um, the Pope in the Vatican and look at the where the Pope uh, has been for the last 10 years or whatever doing the, the ceremonies. The, the whole building is a, a snake's head. You know, the, the reptiles that, that David Icke talks about go back all the way, go and watch his interviews with um, that Zulu chief, I can't remember his name. Um, you know, these stories passed down from thousands and thousands of years. The reptilians have always been here. The, the giants are, tr are real. You know, I think they invented the dinosaurs to cover up the fact that there are all these huge human femur bones being found all over the world, right? Which the Smithsonian Institute covered up. And I think they invented dinosaurs to, to cover this up. You know, we're not, the, the true history of Earth, you know, look into Tartaria. I mean, that's mind blowing, right? Absolutely mind blowing. The flat earth, round earth argument is, is fascinating to me. Um, but because we're tiny little specks, you know, what, what, you know what I love about this is the whole thing is a Chinese puzzle, right? It's just, it, and it gets, the more layers you peel back, the more there are to peel. It's like Shrek's onion, you know? <laughs> it's one, and that's part of the fun. And if you can, if you can view it with, a, with an open mind and enjoy the ride, you know, Q said, enjoy, this is a movie, sit back and get your popcorn and enjoy it. And that, I think Q is connected spiritually to this whole thing. You know, Q, the, Q was designed to make us start learning how to think for ourselves again. Um, because we've had that, we've been suckling on the nipple of the state for so long that we've just forgotten how to think for ourselves, how to look after ourselves. We've forgotten that we're spiritual beings. They, they have literally segregated us, separated us from, you know, one of the things that I look back on that upset me the most about my dad was that he, he looked at me one day and said, I, I don't think there's anything else. I think you just live and you die. And, and he was wrong. I know he was wrong because he's been with me all the way through this. I see him and feel him all the time now. And uh, I did a session, a healing session uh, with an amazing guy in Spain who um, took me through my relationship with my dad, where my dad told me that he had to die in order for me to go on the path that I've been on, which is like, whoa. And it's okay because once you realize you're an eternal soul, who gives a shit? You know, what we have to do now is, is stand in as much truth and integrity as we possibly can. And none of us are perfect. We've all made mistakes. But I think one of the things that holds it, locks us in to 3D is shame. You know, I think we've all been and shame and guilt, especially if you're a Catholic. I mean, they bang it into you from the early days. But the Catholic Church is a satanic church. You know, it doesn't mean Catholics are satanic or bad, but the, the church itself is, you know. And so you go and look at the deeper you look into this stuff, the more you realize, and you know, I've seen spaceships, you know, so some things, <laughs> things are going on. Yeah. I've had, some, I've had some UFO things that I've seen myself, mostly back in the nineties. There was quite a lot of activity around here, but I, you know, I, I think this is a, a sad thing at the moment where you get people who just go, well, I completely discount you because you believe in flat earth. Like look at Darren, you know, from the light paper and the Daz band. He's a proper flat earther. He's been on with, you know, Philip and Holly on the breakfast TV getting ridiculed. And he's got some great videos on it. And I've watched it. And I think a lot of those points are incredibly interesting. And I don't know. <clears throat> you know, it could it could it could be who knows, you know, these portals and things. I don't know. These people go, oh, well, he believes in flat earth. So I'm going to discount everything else he says. And and same, same as the lizards with Vikey. Exactly, exactly. You know, and now and, and, and you see all these, you know, you were mentioning these bones dug up and, and they've they've dug up all these elongated skulls and all sorts of weird things and tiny people and all kinds of things. 
And, and the Native American Indians knew all about this. You know, they knew that this was happening. Yeah. And, and you know, say, oh, you believe that. Well, you're an idiot in everything else then. Yeah, you know, exactly. Had, exactly. It's, it's such a weird thing. I mean, you know, I'm playing in, da- in Daz's band. We do a great Flat Earth song. It's a great song. It's a great groove. I don't care. You know, or how? why would I discount a lovely guy because he believes in Flat Earth, even if I don't? I'm not even sure. But this is the thing. It's the division. That, that's a, the root of this whole satanic thing, isn't it? It's the division that some person's evil because they believe a certain thing. Divide and conquer is as old as the hills. You know, somebody said to me, the, I mean, I've, I've had Daz on my show. I've, I, I promoted the single. I, I, how did that do, by the way? I never... Uh... Oh, mate, it got, it got really shadow banned. I mean, there was one... It, 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 I think it shot up to number one in, on Amazon Downloads straight away. There was number five around for Christmas, I think. But... You know, I, I I feel funny about it because I was just meaning to to um to to message Matt McGrory, who will probably will never watch this, but hi Matt, he's one of beautiful guitarist, lovely friend of mine who was who played on the on the single, and it was like yeah yeah oh well yeah take some of the profits you know and and he's probably thinking well this has got up in the charts and there's no problem meant to talk to him today because I was talking to Daz about it yesterday, and yeah I put some money in for for uh, for for publicity but there was. There was a point where we were the only one, the only track listed in the top 100 without a buy and stream button next to us. I mean, even Boris Johnson is a fucking cunt, got a buy and stream <laughs> button, but we didn't because it was just too close to the bone, I think. Well, and I, think the I don't know. So, you know, no, you know, it, yeah, it did quite well on paper. Have we had any money out of it? No. Well, you know, the Boris Johnson one suits their agenda because it's divide and conquer. It's like focus on him. That, that's fine. But the, I love that song, uh, Daz's song, because and I, I remember when it first came out, I put it up and I did see it go to number one on some chart, but then it disappeared. So, yeah, I get all that. But, you know, I met somebody the other day who was going, oh, don't read the light paper because it's full of fear porn. And I was like. Mm, well, I've spoken to Daz. He's the real deal. He's a lovely, lovely guy. And. You know, my conclusion with a lot of this, because I mean, I wrote in a poem, the truthers will eat each other. I think it was a poem called The Purge, because it's time of division, you know, because dividing us is uh, one of their key objectives, uh, either through infiltration or through just slagging us off. And um, um, my my view is this, that um, it's all frequency matching. So there, there is, you know, anybody watching this is drawn to this because there's some frequency matching going on and maybe we're saying something that they needed to hear right then because this is spiritual it's all spiritual right somebody who reads the light paper if it wakes them up and gets them on the path to enlightenment and waking up fantastic you know i don't i don't judge anybody for that because there's lots of levels of information that the that people are being drawn to and there's plenty of us out there that are providing different types of information about different types of things they're the, the there for, you know, our arms are wide open, ready for you when you're willing to listen, you know, and once you're willing to listen, then you hear something that motivates you or cheers you up. I mean, the, the, the greatest privilege for me doing this in the last two years, literally thousands of emails, people telling me I've saved their life. I mean, talk about karma clearance, whatever I did bad before, on the, you know, I'm not saying I should be forgiven for everything, but um, 
pretty amazing pretty amazing that's the amazing thing and i don't care what happens to me you know i didn't do this to be well known or for money or i just did it because i had to do it and and i had something to say and it's been it's just been an amazing privilege to do it um it's, but, it know. is wonderful isn't it it's so funny when i get sort of death threats and whatever on the youtube channel from a vegan and then you open your email and you've got somebody saying i'm in complete remission this is beautiful <laughs> exactly it's very strange, you know. I mean, during 2020, uh, somebody cut the fuel line on my car. And I had two of my kids going down this motorway and fuel was gushing out the back of the car. I didn't realise this. And I could very easily have just gone, right? But then this guy pulls up in a van next to me and he's going, and I was like, what, what? And, he, and I got my window down. He said, you got fuel gushing out of the car, pull over. Uh, you know, uh, the protection is just amazing. You know, if your name's on the bullet, your name's on the bullet. But, um, you know, no fear. We have to stand up. This is, I think all of this is about having no fear, not just of fear of dying from a fake virus, but also no fear of uh, accepting new ideas. That's where we, this is where we have to, have to make ourselves go. You know, and how do you do that? Well, you, you stop eating things that are bad for you. You stop watching the TV, get rid of that. You know, it's just a big long list of things. I was making memes about this eight years ago. You know, I was blogging about this stuff years ago. You know, if anybody doubts that I'm real, just go and put my name in your LinkedIn or my blog post. I've been around for online for quite a long time. And, you know, funnily enough, I got put through an online hate campaign in 2008, nine. Uh, it was horrific, but it, 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 it tempered me for this time because there's nothing you can say about me that would bother me now. Yeah, yeah. Once you've once you've had a few of them have a pop at you, it's uh, people say, "How do you bear doing that?" You know, it's if somebody comes out, you get these sort of new carnivores, and they'll come out and they'll start talking about it. And go, "Oh, I got attacked by a vegan." <laughs> okay, you can't you can't take that seriously. It's going to happen over and over again. Eventually, it's just funny. It's like Sean Baker used to make his videos in the early days, and uh, he always used to say, "And it's a prize for the best death threat in the comments below," because <laughs> he knew they were coming. This is amazing, right? They don't want you to kill a cow, but they'll kill a human being. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. they'll kill all those mice in the field and blah, blah, blah. You know, they don't, they obviously don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, eventually it's like, oh, it's accidental. Oh, it's only small animals. Or it goes like, like this. And then you get them to try and Google um, deer caught in combine header. And, and they do that. And then even if they do see it, it's like, oh, how disgusting. How dare you show me that? No, that's what died for your tofu sandwich. <laughs> Bizarre. Yeah, it, is. bizarre. it is bizarre. But yeah, I mean, the whole thing coming out now and, and, and um, the, the, the whole division about the, the whole Ukraine nonsense. And, and I mean, last week I put something up saying congratulations to the Ukraine for winning, you know, the, the, the Eurovision Song Contest next Saturday. <laughs> and they did. And it was bloody. Of course they did. <laughs> it was barking, wasn't it? And now it, I, I couldn't watch that. That is such a satanic thing. I've never watched. I've never liked it. Oh, you know, I, I had uh, I had a gig where we had to go on in, in Liverpool after the football match. So I had to watch what what I, I, I always say is grown men in shorts kicking a bladder around the field. And, and, I, and I had to watch that. And then it came to these penalty shootouts. And with the gig, we all the good stuff was set up. You know, we we're trying to set up amid all this shouting. And I thought, please, God, they win. I don't want to be in a pub where they've just lost, you know, and they did win. So that was great. You know, I, I didn't care really who won. 
but and then I got home and Detta had been watching the uh, the the Eurovision. I got in for the for the voting, and I'm like, at least I missed the music. But it was just obvious what was going to happen. And and I what amazes me is the amount of people who even saw through the COVID thing, and now they're suddenly all waving these Ukraine flags and got Ukraine underpants and stuff. What's uh, just the same people that told you about the COVID now telling you about this? How can you not see it? And what's it, you know, the psychology of the colours as well is really interesting because it's that it's that blue and yellow, right? Which is exactly the same colours they used in the COVID posters and the propaganda, right? Ironically, it's the same colour flag that this county that I'm in has, and it makes me really ill. There's a there's a little school here, and they've put these Ukrainian flags, obviously made with the handprints of the kids, and I'm like, you fucking wankers, what are you doing? You know, another uh, so many teachers that are going to hang themselves when they find out the truth, and doctors. Um, no, it's mind blowing, mind blowing. Nobody, so well, not nobody, so few people do critical thinking. It's just as simple as that. They're just they're just not interested. They just want to get their wages at the end or their handouts from the government. Fucking idiots. And then they want to go and buy their shit food from the supermarket, which they're poisoning themselves with. And then they go and sit and poison themselves in the mind with the TV. And then they have a wank and get up and do it again the next day. <laughs> yeah. It was funny. I was listening to Cliff High a while ago and suddenly in the middle of it, it stopped and he went, um, stop eating all these seed oils, stop eating this crap and get your brains nourished with saturated fats because it makes you impervious to all the bullshit and even the sort of subliminal messages from all the mantid creatures and stuff. What? Go on, Cliff, you know? Right. It was, it was funny, you know, on, on, on my uh, carnival group, it's like about 16,000 there, I think now. And I never saw, I saw a couple of little sort of questions and this and that, but no arguments all the way through the COVID thing. And everybody else's pages, every other groups there are. But funnily, the, the carnivores seem to see through it. You've seen through this, this one side of things and they seem to be fairly resilient to, um, to, to the bullshit or even if they were kind of caught in it to attacking anybody else for not being, you know, I was proud of that. No, it's brilliant. And it goes back to this very simple thing that when you're eating like that, you've got your body can start functioning properly. And the human body is really an instrument that needs to vibrate at the right frequency. And then when it does, it's harmonic. And then when it's harmonic, it's in resonance with the universe. And when it's in resonance with the universe, you're accepting truth. Truth starts coming through you. David Icke wrote a book in 1998 called Truth Vibrations that predicted this period of time. This is one of the reasons why I like him so much because you know this was I read about this years ago and that's exactly what's happening. I get truth vibrations all day long, and then, and then once you get that, once you, if your instrument's tuned in, you're a musician, you understand this. Um, all the other stuff just bounces off you, and, and and what you just said, what Cliff said about the uh, the right fats going into your brain, absolutely, because then it just it's working properly, <laughs> you know, and and bullshit just we don't we can't accept bullshit anymore. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think, just to round this off? I mean, what what um, what do you think are the signs that we should be looking for and what should we be doing ourselves to 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 sort of hasten this through and to get rid of the fear and to be uh, to be confident that this is going to turn out in a beautiful way? Well, firstly, this is an inside job. Now, that was told to me by Rachel Elnor about eight or nine years ago, and I didn't know what she meant. But it is an inside job. Um, she, she wants she wants a lift five minutes thank minutes 
she's she's too much like a dad she's very impatient um it's an inside job right so um learning how to meditate and connect going out in nature forest bathing as the japanese call it get, get out there even if you don't want to be full carnivore just get rid of bread at least and, and reduce the vegetables as much as you can exercise uh your water is the most important thing i've got i've got water filtration systems coming out of my ears i've got a grander board here um things like that you know I've, i'm surrounded by gadgets as well that have really helped me not everybody can afford all of these things but there are you, you don't have to spend a lot of money um to get things that can help you going out in nature grounding you know be barefoot on the grass or get a grounding bed sheet or or you know one under your desk you've got to be grounded you know these are all these are all really simple things right and then in terms of answering what, what's going to happen what i'm hearing is I'm, I'm getting a lot of solar flash information i i i kind of i'm not saying this is definitely going to happen but i do feel strongly that some a big event is going to happen Q said scare event necessary. I got a vision about a nuclear scare event about, you know, over a year ago. Whether that's going to happen exactly like that, I don't know. But I do think what's necessary is something that's going to make the earth stop still, even if it's for a day, because, you know, and disconnect from everything. And there are ships in the sky, and I think they're becoming more visible. I know they're becoming more visible because I'm seeing it in the papers. The papers, and whether that's Operation Bluebeam or whether that's true disclosure, I don't actually know. All I know is I'm an apocalyptimist, right? Apocalypse means the great revealing. The veil is definitely lifting. I've seen dragons, phoenixes, I've seen all fairies, I've seen all sorts of stuff. Elementals, all these things are real. Nobody can take that away from me because it's my own experience. But I've also experienced these with other people, with, with, with um, witnesses. So, you know, I know that I'm not mad. No, I'm with you on that. I've seen them. Yeah. So um, find your own truth because your own, the truth is resonating around you all the time. All you have to do is tune in. Yeah. It's pretty simple, actually. Well done. Well, Mark, thank you so much. That thank was you, Phil. And I'm sure we'll speak soon. And please, everybody, we didn't get a chance to get into it, but Get onto Mark's channels and have a look at his poetry because it's great. And he's got some there. It's not just written out. He's got some videos with it. And they are, I love them, actually. I think he's got some some beastly ones out there. So check them out. Well, yeah, go, go and see ICU. I see I've got a standing ovation playing that on stage with 650 people the other week. And I burst into tears because any of you out there that have been struggling with the energies, because the energies are off the fucking charts right now, um that poem is written for you excellent thank you phil and thanks for all the bravery and work and everything that you've done um we've got to do it though there's no choice is there yeah. but i'm just thanking you anyway <laughs> no, I, I want to come and see the daz band play send me i'm gonna to have to send me some gigs i want to come over well it's it's sounding really good now actually and you know that one track is doesn't represent it it's funny when people come to gigs they go Oh, yeah, quite like that track. It's a bit of a throwaway one, though. But some of these other songs, I mean, Dad's really have some beautiful songs. And Kirk on guitar. I mean, we're in the band. We are 30, 40, 50 and 60. And I'm yeah. the old man. Brilliant. And it's it, we're exactly on those ages. And young Kirk, beautiful guitarist. And and, uh, and Gary on bass. I mean, 
great player and such a lovely guy and we have such a ball and and you can see it in the music and and really some of his other songs are absolutely wonderful and the playing is great too and yeah come and see i mean we're playing the carry on camping festivals and that kind of thing this summer and a few other ones but uh yeah i took a break while daz's missus had a baby and oh well uh, congratulations daz's missus and daz yeah so so now we're back and uh and yeah there we well, go. I, listen, man, I just, I just feel guys as well because we, we, we're going to be doing some food too. Jeremy did some food at this. Oh, no, he told uh, me about that. Yeah. I, know, I turned up thinking, oh, it's going to be a, like a, yeah, we'll have some books, we'll do a bit of signing. And Graham Atkinson and I drove up there and we get there and there's fucking food stall. It's like, what's going on? So he's been asked to do it again at these other ones. He's going, never again, but he's going, never again. Oh, I know, he loves oh, it really. He loves it. I know he does. He was telling me about it. Like, best, yeah. best, he, he gave him, gave him away, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and vegans were so hungry they had to eat the burger they were like oh, yeah they <laughs> got starved out at that festival that was kind of fun but well, i've just booked tickets to see madness 42 years after i first saw them wow madness still like you know in their 60s still kicking ass excellent Brilliant. i wow. can't wait live music man it's the best well, I'm hoping to be doing it for a hell of a long time because I feel absolutely fine now. And with the human lifespan, should be at least 120. I reckon I've got a good few decades of playing drums in me yet. I think the human lifespan is going to be more like 800. Oh, absolutely. That's a vibrational thing. Just on a diet level, it should be 120. Yeah, absolutely. The Hunza, go and look at, you know about the Hunza, don't you? Yeah. 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 Anyway, wonderful speech here. I've got to give my daughter a lift. You too. All Thanks. right, mate. Great to see you. All right. Speak to you. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye. Son of a lighthouse keeper Through cars in a wishing well Prayed for a love to call